What are your daily non-negotiables? Do you have daily non-negotiables? What are your daily disciplines to support, nourish, and activate your purpose? On today's show, episode 34, I'm getting into the importance of daily ritual, daily non-negotiables, or daily disciplines, especially for the sensitive soul. I'm sharing a bit about my daily practices and also offering suggestions for us all to reevaluate and strengthen our own. So let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Subtle Medicine, brought to you by InnerSpark.life by Devin Ray Battaglia. This is the resource for the sensitive soul looking to reclaim their power and reconnect to their magic through remembering how to trust their bodies, align with nature and cosmic flow, leverage their subtle energies, and transmute trauma and pain into gifts and purpose. Get ready to dive into all things holistic healing, natural living, conscious relating, epic life changing, and spirituality, all steeped in earth-based wisdom. I'm the show's producer, Mike, and now here's your host, Devin. I may be a bit partial, but sensitive souls are truly magical creatures. This very tiny segment of the population is full of the healers, the mystics, the wisdom keepers, the ones who are really here to resurrect a new paradigm, a new old paradigm, if you will, at this time on the planet, and to bring about love and wholeness. And they also require daily tending and grounding and energy maintenance, more so than the average person. They have unique needs thanks to their extra porous systems and their delicate nervous systems. So this doesn't mean that they're weak and it doesn't mean that there is something bad about them or they're like, you know, high maintenance. It means that their systems are working harder just by sitting and breathing than another person's because their senses, right? So to be sensitive is to sense with the senses. Their senses are perceiving at much greater and rapid rates than the average person's. So just by sitting in a room completely still, right? We might be like, oh, that person is so calm. They're just sitting there. And being behind the eyes of a sensitive person, right? Like in a sensitive person's body, we know that's actually not quite the case. So we are sensing, we're hearing things, we're seeing things, we're feeling things just all the time. It's not really something that we can turn off. It is something that we can master. And so we are expending a tremendous amount of energy. And that requires replenishment because we're using so much. So having daily disciplines, daily non-negotiables, daily rituals, whatever you like to call them, I use them pretty much interchangeably, those terms, they're essential for all humans and especially for the sensitive soul. Daily disciplines create a sense of safety and containment. And that is something that's really often missing from the system of a sensitive person is that sense of safety and containment. We can feel incredibly scattered and not contained. Our energy is just kind of going every which way. And so by incorporating daily disciplines, daily rituals, daily routines into our lives, that brings that triangular energy, which I use to refer to as masculine energy. And I've talked about that on previous episodes. We'll link that in the show notes. And by bringing in that that triangle essence, that containment, our spirally or feminine nature feels safe to do its its spiral thing, to create, to flow, to be super sensitive. 
So when we combine the lack of holding and lack of a sense of safety with a system that is so easily fried anyway, just by its very nature, it's really no wonder that so many sensitive people are plagued with physical, emotional, mental health problems, specifically burnout, adrenal issues, hormonal imbalances, digestive disturbances, anxiety, these things, insomnia, these things plague the sensitive population at much higher rates than the average person. And that truly is because their nervous system is not being loved on in the way that it needs to. When you are a sensitive soul, you know, we don't really get the, I don't even want to call it luxury because it's not a luxury. We don't get the option of ignoring those needs and of pushing past limits. Sure. I mean, you, you can choose that. It's always an option. However, it's going to bite you in the ass a lot more quickly and a lot more viciously than if you were not a sensitive person. Bringing routine in with sacred discipline and intentionally curated resources is a winning combination. So I'm going to say that again. When you bring in routine, so these daily non-negotiables, these daily disciplines, this routine, with sacred discipline, so meaning choosing the thing that's going to nourish you rather than continuing on the path of (laughs) burnout and ignoring that, and having intentionally curated resources. So ones that you know work for you. They are intentionally and lovingly curated. They know, you know that they work for you. So some of my resources that I use in my daily practices may not be ones that would necessarily work for you. So you find ones that do. And when you have that safe place and that structure in place with the sacred discipline to see that you show up for yourself with these resources, winning combination. I mean, truly, I have seen people who have struggled with chronic or mystery health problems for years and years start to implement these these sacred daily disciplines into their lives, and it's just nothing short of miraculous, really. So as an example of a highly sensitive, intuitive, empathic soul, I will share with you five of my non-negotiable daily practices. And I am by no means saying that this is some gold standard, like this is what your day must look like. You must be just like Devin. I would never do that ever because I'm me and I am unique and you are you and you're unique and we can certainly compare notes and my practices work for me and I want you to find ones that work for you. So my intention in sharing is to prompt you to evaluate what's working and what's not working for you, my love. So my top five daily disciplines that I hold most sacred that I get to bring into my life every single day are movement, breath and meditation, subtle energy healing, nature, and plants. So movement. I move my body every single day, every single day in some capacity. And it is not something that comes from punishment. It's not something like, oh, I have to work out. I don't even think about it like that. I think about it as, oh my goodness, I'm in this living, breathing temple and it's healthy and it's mobile and it feels amazing. And I get to move in all of these beautiful ways that feel awesome. So some days that might be something that's really challenging, like, oh, I really need a good run today. Some days it might be a yin yoga practice. The point is I move my body every single day and it helps me to connect and and feel more embodied because for me, my energy certainly rises up 
I get super in the other worlds, in the ethers, and can like forget, oh yeah, I, I have this, this body that I'm in. So movement is incredibly important for me to land, to ground, to come home into this beautiful temple that my spirit gets to dwell within when I'm here on earth. So movement, move my energy, move my physical body, wake it up, feels amazing every single morning. It's the most amazing part of my day. Before movement, I'm getting ahead of myself, breath and meditation. And honestly, I'll turn to this a couple of times a day. So, so having that silence and stillness to connect to myself, my intuition, to shake off anything that's not mine, to hear my own truth and connect to my breath. It calms my nervous system. It, it's truly changed my life. And I'll probably say that about every single one of these. And I don't say that lightly. I know that's like, you're like, Devin, I've heard you say that at least five times today after you've shared these five things. Um, probably because I'm sharing the five things that have changed my life. And then I'm going to talk about Mike. That's a sixth thing. No, but, but <laughs> seriously, I don't throw that around lightly. So I share things with you that are mm. after <laughs> a lifetime of struggle and challenge and self-punishment and all of this blah, blah, blah bullshit. Things that actually did end up bringing me more of me which is what I was seeking all along. And that's never something that we're going to find on the outside. So I think the other theme that you'll see among my five daily disciplines, aside from the fact that they're all life-changing for me, is that they help me to connect within. They're not things that are outside of me. They're things I can do anywhere at any time. And they help me to experience more of myself, which is a perfect segue into subtle energy healing, my daily subtle energy healing practices. And I have a couple of shows about subtle energy healing and so this provides me an opportunity to really sense and feel into my own energy system and move things that need to be moved, notice any emotions or imprints that I'm carrying around with me that may or may not be mine, but you know, at the end of the day that's kind of not the most important thing to identify. The, the thing to identify is, okay, this thing has made an imprint on me, it's here. And I don't like the way that it is sitting right now. So I'm going to move it and play with it and shift it. And sometimes that can sound super esoteric. We're like, what the hell? Subtle energy healing. Um, it is really everybody's kind of innate wisdom and, and birthright and the ultimate tool that we all possess. We just need to be still and get into it. So meditation and subtle energy healing really go together. They really go together. And then nature... Whether it's five minutes or five hours, I need to be outside. I need fresh air. I need sunlight. Mike will make fun of me. I will go just like stand in the sun with my arms raised up and sing. I made up a whole song last week. Wish we would have recorded that one. I'll sing to the sun. I will just, I'll joke that I'm a reptile on my, under my heat lamp because it's just the most nourishing, amazing, beautiful thing ever. And yeah, so five minutes, five hours, I need sunlight, I need air, I need to listen to the leaves rustle in the trees, I need to feel the earth under my feet. It's just non-negotiable. <laughs> and then finally, plants. Plants are my best friends. I am totally infatuated by them. I use them in their four main forms, from most tangible to most subtle. That would be fruits and vegetables, herbs, oils, and essences. So in their four main forms. And again, I've got an episode about this and a whole class about this in, 
is part of my Thrive series. So plants every single day, multiple times per day in their various four main forms, totally non-negotiable. Plants are magical. They're intelligent, which is truly the understatement of the century. They're beyond intelligent. They are selfless and they are allies here for us. We have literally all we need to survive through them. Material for shelter, sustenance, etc. Um, but the most amazing thing about plants is that, you know, to, to live a fully activated life, it's not just about surviving. And plants help us to also thrive. When we have them as fruits and vegetables, as herbs, as oils, as essences or plant spirit medicine, all of these magical forms of plants offer us codes and love and an opportunity to experience more of ourselves on all levels, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. So that's just kind of a little sneak peek into the five parts, the five daily disciplines, my five non-negotiable practices of my, my life. And I was joking, but they truly have changed my life through having this daily practice and identifying my values and my priorities and what feels really good and what I need and tending that every single day, I have found greater harmony within myself, greater self-love and a loving self-discipline and self-respect. I have also found healing and more balance within my body and I'm no longer plagued by insane hormonal issues that I've talked about on this show before with beautiful acne and PCOS and irregular and missing cycles and all that fun stuff. I have found more stability within myself and shed and released layers of ancestral anger and resentment and feminine shame and cultivated a deeper relationship with the unseen subtle realms of, of existence and have felt really held and guided in that at all times so that there's never this sense of super ungrounded unsafety. It's like constantly blending and merging how to be human and holy at the same time. Because sometimes that dance is complicated. And I know for me, I tended to favor more of that intangible subtle realm. The human parts always kind of felt just like awkward and I don't I don't know how to human. Um, and so having these these practices marries that human and holy, and I get to live at that intersection, which is really how we are all here to be, is to be at that intersection of human and holy and merge all of those parts. These tools and resources gently and sometimes not so gently remind me of my truth when this human thing gets heavy and I forget. And with these resources in particular and the others that I've shared with you um, on other episodes, I've really been able to remember, reclaim, and activate my soul's divine purpose and blueprint. So how do we get to the place where we know what works for us and we have created our own daily disciplines? And so I want to offer you some things to think about as you are re-evaluating what's working for you in your life and what's not working for you. So take a breath for a moment. And maybe just like forget the first half of this show. So Devin shared her practice with you and that's great. And now I'm really interested in you creating yours. So you saw an example. Okay, great. Now just forget about it. What is working in your life right now? What feels really delicious? The simpler, the smaller, the better. A lot of people can get tripped up in that question because their lives may not look exactly how they think they should. And so then it's like, well, none of it's working. <laughs> it's all going to shit. 
And actually, that's not true. For example, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that your hearing is functioning if you are listening to my voice right now. So that's working. That's that's a blessing. And so, you know, what else? What else is working? What else is working as part of your daily routine? You know, bedtime, wake time, some of the things you're eating. Just kind of think about what's working and then what's not working. And you can totally pause me and take some time to journal and jot some things down. So what's working and then now what's not working? What's feeling incomplete or like a struggle or not as wholly nourishing or satisfying as it could be? So where are you bypassing or ignoring some of the needs that you have as a sensitive person? So reevaluate your values and priorities. That's step one. The purpose of life, and you've heard me talk about this on multiple shows. I think it was the last show. I really went on a tangent about it. The purpose of life is to live in accordance and in service to your values, period. It's that simple. What are those for you? What is important to you? What do you want to experience? How do you want to feel? How do you want to influence the world around you? And how can your daily actions then align with those intentions? So if you know what's important to you, something you value is showing up fully for your family and feeling amazing, beautiful. So what are the things that you're doing then on a daily basis that are not allowing you to fully express your light? Maybe some of the things that you are eating make you feel crappy physically. You're just turning to them emotionally. So then what happens when you eat them? You don't show up as fully or as, as, as with as much presence, can't speak, as you would like to, right? So there's a disconnection there. Those things are not aligned. So identifying how you want to feel, how you want to influence the world around you and what those values are. And so then what daily actions can align with those intentions to fully support that. The second thing I'd love for you to think about as you're creating your daily disciplines is make it enjoyable and sustainable. I mean, for frick's sake, people. There's enough in our lives that is like arbitrary or that we have to do. You know, I don't particularly enjoy paying taxes. I don't particularly, you know, enjoy like going to the dentist. And and my daily practices get to be the best part of my day. I get to choose that. I mean, yes, I choose to pay taxes and yes, I choose to go to the dentist. And you get what I'm saying. The, the consequences of not doing those things is not really worth it. And you know what? Shit. The consequences sometimes of not doing our, not sometimes, of not doing our daily practices when it's ones that are truly in alignment with the activated vision we have of our life, the consequences of not doing our daily practices totally aren't worth it either. However, they're like a shit ton more enjoyable than going and sitting in the dentist's chair or forking over money. <laughs> So daily disciplines get to be the best part of your day. Some days they'll be challenging, sure. But that sacred container that you have for yourself is just that, sacred, and serves to remind you of your own sacredness as well. Another thing I'd love for you to consider is to not use this as a way to punish yourself, love. The contents that fill your sacred container, those daily disciplines that you're identifying, that support the values that you're identifying, aren't intended to be punitive. You are not like willing your sensitivity away or trying to fix yourself. You are having a richer and deeper experience of yourself and therefore life. You're tending the subtle realms within to influence the tangible gross on the outside. You are deliberately creating your life through having these practices. And the last thing I'd love for you to consider as you're 
going through this and evaluating and reevaluating your daily practices is the the whole point really yes have the things within the container that are super sacred and that activate the vision that you're holding for your life but the most important thing before that is the container itself so set a daily container hold it sacred and make it unfuckwithable unfuckwithable so nothing touches it it's the most sacred appointment you have every single day unfuckwithable within that container you are then free to implement whatever is needed. So while I practice movement and breath each day, for example, as I shared, the types of movement and breath will vary depending on the day, the season, where I am in my own cycle, etc. However, the sacred container is simply non-negotiable. And knowing I will move in some capacity and that I will practice intentional breath is also non-negotiable. So the most important part is having that container in the first place. And then you can fill it with whatever is most needed. So I invite you to not get bogged down in like, oh, I need to do this, that, and the other, and all these five million things. Start small. Start with something. Start with the container. Where in your day is there space for it? Because there is. There is. Start there. Look at those values that you've identified. Feel into the energy of the vision that you hold for your life, your most activated, nourishing life, and feel into where can some some intersections happen. So what things, what what uh, resources support the activation of that vision that I can do in this container that I'm creating for myself every day. Maybe it's 20 minutes every single morning. Maybe it's two hours every single morning. I don't, whatever it is, that's your container. And then picking just one thing. If this is like a brand new concept for you, just picking one little thing to begin with and then repeat. And then maybe it grows and it expands. And, you know, I, mine, for example, has, has been refined over, over years and didn't, you know, I didn't just like wake up one day and I've got all this cool stuff. Like, no, it was, it was truly a journey and it's all part of it. And you get to come up against blocks and triggers and shadows and, oh, it's so delicious. So delicious. And I have so many amazing episodes that I will link in these notes as kind of a little library of resources to support that and some blog posts. And yeah, I'm really curious to hear how this goes for you and what kind of practices you bring into your daily life. Do you have anything to add to today's show before we close, my love? Yeah, actually. Um, so there was a while for a few years where I was leading and mentoring in a, uh, a meditation group. And one of the things that came up with some of the guys there was uh, that they felt like meditation wasn't for them. And they would get discouraged because they would have a few uncomfortable experiences of just feeling like they're sitting around and not knowing what the purpose of the exercise was. And uh, I practice primarily Zen Buddhism. So that's what I, I taught. Um, and so maybe Zazen wasn't the thing for them, but I would always encourage them to find and practice other things and figure out whatever it is that works for them. You know, my thing doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily going to be your thing. And I know that's something that you mentioned uh, when you were listing your five things is that like, this isn't necessarily the gold standard. It's just what works for Devin. And I think no matter what it is that somebody's learning, whether it's uh, 
starting a new routine or a, adopting a new lifestyle or fixing cars or building web pages or like whatever it is, any new thing that you're exploring, don't be afraid to make mistakes, quote unquote, or don't be afraid to pursue something that ends up being a dead end, knowing that you can try something else later. However, when you do pursue something and you discover that it is a dead end, don't give up. So being a 90s kid, I was raised a lot on uh, Magic School Bus and Miss Frizz has this like motivational phrase or like catchphrase, I guess, uh, whenever her and the students were about to go on some adventure. And I can't remember exactly what the quote was, but it was something like get messy and make mistakes. Like that was how that was the message for kids going to go learn things was get messy and make mistakes. And I think that uh, especially in this kind of effort of figuring out a new way of doing things for yourself that is supportive and that really makes you happy and isn't just what you've been prescribed or what you've been shown or what you've been taught, you got to be ready to get messy and make mistakes. And uh, yeah, so how would you encourage somebody or what would you say to somebody who had, you know, the first thing they tried didn't work or the third thing they tried didn't work or the fifth thing they tried didn't work? I love that reflection. That's a good question. I would say, sweet, now you are closer to finding the thing that, that will work. And something so totally amazing about life and the human journey is that that thing that you tried today that you really didn't like and you think doesn't work for you, a year from now, two years from now, you might do it again and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. And that's kind of what I was meaning when I, I think I was talking about movement, for example, or really any any of these things, is that there kind of should be some change. You know, if we're practicing the same breath, for example, the same breath work every single day, um, you know, okay, maybe for some people that, that would work. And for the vast majority, and I know for my clients, like we're, because we're so sensitive and so in tune to this, the seasonal changes, for example, a breath work in spring that's beautiful is like breath of fire, for example. In the wintertime, that might not feel as good. Or a yin yoga practice in spring, when we're trying to bring more heat and fire into the body after the lazy days of, of winter and that really deep inward stillness. In spring, many of us are like, I need something vigorous. I need like vinyasa yoga or I need to go run. I, I don't I don't want to sit around in yin, yin poses. So I say that because always keep an open mind and maybe try something again. And you're always going to, it's, it's never a failure just because you didn't like something or it didn't work as Mike said, never give up and it's never a failure. You learned something about yourself. There's always something to learn in every single situation, especially the situations that you think you don't like. There's way more to learn there. There's always more growth and, and wisdom available in the discomfort than in ease, right? Like when things are just, oh, this feels so yummy. There's not quite as much to, to take away. So I would, I would offer that you lean into what you learned about yourself, about the practice, about the thing you tried. And as I said, the most important thing is having that container. So you set your container and you decided to try this thing that you then realized you didn't like. Awesome. So celebrate the hell out of that because you honored yourself and showed up to the container. You tried something new and you learned something about yourself. And now you're closer to finding something that will serve you at this time. So what didn't you like about it? 
what did not feel nourishing and fulfilling and seeking and asking somebody um, like me, <laughs> what is something that that has X, Y, and Z because this practice didn't? What has those things that could support me at this time? So there's always something. we And we live in such a beautiful time where, I mean, my goodness, you have eons and eons and 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 traditions and traditions of information at your fingertips, truly. So there is something for you right now at any time to really support you. And I know it can also feel, that can feel overwhelming. It can feel so awesome and beautiful and really overwhelming. So pick something, like I said, start small and always view everything as a learning opportunity and something to deepen into yourself and to life itself. There's nothing to get right. There's nothing to win. There's no trophy. Mike and I always joke we're going to get the the meditation trophy right. or the the yoga trophy. Got to go get that enlightenment trophy. It's like, no, that's the, the point is the experience itself. It's not this like end result. And that's all the time we have for today, my loves. Listeners, if you've enjoyed today's show, it would be much appreciated if you could review us and leave us a comment. Be sure to subscribe and share the love with a friend. There's also a listener survey you can take. The link is in the show notes. If you'd like to support Subtle Medicine and make sure that this podcast is always available, then please go to patreon.com slash innerspark. Please come continue the conversation with me. Tell me about your daily disciplines. Tell me about the practices that you've tried. Come ask questions in my Facebook group, Activating the Sensitive Soul. The link is also on my homepage at innerspark.life. And have you checked out the latest and greatest resources and offerings I've created for you? From Innersparks Apothecary, offering its own line of flower essences, to my virtual classes, The Thrive Series, which feature new topics and practices each month, to the Yoni Exploratory, which is a self-paced experience that offers modalities ranging from shamanic journeying to expressive arts, to help you to reclaim and de-shame the power of your yoni, there's something there for you, dear sister. Check out innerspark.life resources to learn more now. Catch us next time. So much love to you until then.